New Year's Eve service is coming up. It's going to be a little bit different than maybe you've had before. It's the second year that we're having this New Year's Eve event, and it will be going on from 4 to 6 p.m., so early enough in the evening that if you have some plans for New Year's Eve, you can come on in from 4 to any time between 4 and 6 p.m. as a family. And you'll be meeting with a pastor as a family just for a few minutes. Uh, we'll have a few tables set up in here. You'll be able to come in and sit at a table and just have a few moments of prayer as we remember together in our lives this last year, 2022, and we talk about maybe what where prayers are for 2023, and we take communion together. So we would like you to just come on out anytime between 4 and 6 as a family, as individuals, and just take a few moments as we begin a new year. Take time to reflect upon God and look towards the year that is to come. I'm going to ask Suzanne to come at this time. She's going to be reading from Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story for us. Luke 2, starting at verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governor, governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the, house, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Merry Christmas. I'm so glad that you chose, chose to join us here at Portview tonight. We had a bet before church. You know what our bet was? We had a certain number we said under or over based on the weather. I was right. <laughs> um, we didn't know. I was watching the Bear game before I came. And uh, like Soldier Field had like 25% of it full because of the weather. So we said, you know what? Our people to come worship Jesus are hardier than that. And so, and you've proven that right tonight. You did not let the weather keep you from uh, coming and starting your Christmas holiday celebration, um, doing what I think is the, is the only thing I'd want to do to start it. Come with my friends and my family and, and, and celebrate Jesus, the, uh, the reason for the season, the reason that we're here. 
And so I'm so glad that you've come and joined with us at Portview. I know some of you have traveled a lot of miles to be here with family and friends, and so we're glad that you're together, and we pray that this the reality of Christ will be so um, apparent to you this evening that um, maybe even for you for the first time for a Christmas, you realize there's so much more than presents and traditions, but that Jesus is really real and he's really here by his spirit right now in this place and wants to dwell in our hearts because that's what Christmas is all about. Well, hey, I have a confession to make to you. Is it all right? Confession time? It says, that Bible doesn't say, people say confession is good for the soul. So you're going to love me after I make this confession? Tell me in advance. I hope so. Here's my confession. You ready? My favorite Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. You know the one where Ralphie gets the Red Ryder BB gun? That is my all-time favorite Christmas story, a Christmas movie. I make my family watch it with me. When they were little, they didn't have a choice. Um, But I know it shouldn't be my favorite. I'm supposed to be wiser than that or more mature than that. I'm supposed to like, like, It's a Wonderful Life, right? I think my sister-in-law is here. That's her favorite one, It's a Wonderful Life. Or um, something like Suzanne's Miracle on 34th Street, the more modern one, not the other one, um, the older one. But that's a classic, and we watch it every year. But I've got to tell you the truth. Um, I love a Christmas story for a reason. I identify with Ralphie. And some of you do too. You know what I'm talking about. As kids, maybe not so much as an adult, but maybe as an adult too. As kids, I was a lot like Ralphie. Ralphie lived in his own little world. The whole, he's, you know, the whole world he talks about in the movie revolves around Christmas and the kids, a kid's world. And, and Ralphie lived in this world where he wanted this Red Ryder BB gun because he wanted to be able to fight off Black Bart, Right? And he wanted to be able to save the day. And as a little kid, I was that way a lot. I, my head lived in my head and wanted to be that hero that would come in and, and save the day. Well, the introduction of that movie, and, I, and I, most of you have probably seen it, I think it helped us understand what I'm going to talk about tonight. You see, in the beginning of the movie, A Christmas Story, and if you've seen it, picture it in your mind with me. And if not, I'll try to paint a picture of you. There's hundreds of people out on the street in, in like a Midwest Americana. And it's 1940s and the old 40s cars are going by and the people are dressed in 40s clothes. And there's Christmas music playing and, and people out on the streets. And it's a very festive situation. And they're all outside Higby's General Store. Right? You there with me? And they're all out there, and they're looking in the windows at Higby's store. And it says it's the high watermark of the season is looking at all the new things that are for sale in Higby's store, the general store, that, the department store that's there. And, and everybody's crowding around. It's as, and it's as Ralphie and his friends are crowding around looking in the window, Ralphie sees what he wants, the Red Rider BB gun. The 200-shot lever-action Red Rider BB gun with the compass and the stock. Right? And he's got to have one. And he's looking at it. And the narrator's saying, because this whole movie is narrated as it's going through. And the narrator's saying this. And the narrator says something right at the point where, where he's seeing, where he's in front of the windows and he's seeing Red Rider and all the things. The narrator says this. He says, Higby's corner window was a golden display of mechanized electronic joy. You remember that line? It was the whole thing. There's all these little wind-up toys and it was mechanized electronic joy. Joy. That's what I want us to think about tonight. 
I want you to think about that word joy tonight. You see, I think if I was to ask you what joy is, we probably would get a pretty good definition and understanding of what joy is. It's joy is an emotion. It's a deep sense of well-being and it's, it's tied to happiness. It's the way you feel when you are happy. You are full of joy or joyful when you're happy. And joy, you might not know this, but joy is a biblical term. In the Old Testament, the words that are used to make up, to describe the word joy is comprised of two thoughts. The thoughts of shining or brightness and to go about. So the definition of joy in the scriptures is to go about shining. Think of that, to go about shining. Here's, the, here's, the, here's how you can understand what joy looks like. Joy is anytime you see Suzanne holding, or any grandma holding one of their grandbabies. Right? When you see any grandma holding their grandbaby, they're holding it, they're beaming. Right? Austin's, Roger and Chris, but Chris and Roger is beaming because kids have come in and grandkids have come in for the holidays. It's going about shining. You can see it. If you watch the movie with Ralphie, when Ralphie gets the BB gun, he goes about shining. He's just elated and it literally, he's, he's shining. You see, joy, that idea of going about shining, is the central part of the Christmas message. But I'd say this, I think that sometimes we might misunderstand joy. And if we misunderstand it, we may not really experience it the way that God offers it to us. And we might not be able to experience in our lives what God has for us, which is for us to go about shining. But my hope for tonight is that I can maybe help you understand joy just a little bit better so that you can experience joy more fully during this Christmas season. And the Christmas story itself can help us understand joy. I want us to go back. If you have a Bible, open up your Bible to the, the book of Luke, the very text that Suzanne read from. And I know I shouldn't say this today, but isn't it good to have Suzanne doing something back in our service? I'm so happy. She's going to kill me for saying that. She's been ill for a long time and she's making her way back. Um, I want to look at what the shepherds experienced that night. We're not going to read all of it, but part of what Suzanne read. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 7, it says this. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, I bring you good news of great joy, that Jesus' coming to mankind is meant to bring us humanity joy. It's supposed to make us go about shining. The message of Christ is supposed to, the same way a, a grandbaby to a grandmother is, the message of Christ is supposed to make us that same way, like, like Ralph, you the BB gun, to go around shining. And the question is why? Verse 11 is the answer. Verse 11 says this, for, or you could, you could trans, translate that word for as the word because. The same word. Because or for, 
Today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You have a message of good news of great joy. Why? Because today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It says all people, remember it said all in verse 10. This is this would be for all the people. All people can experience joy because Jesus, the Savior, has been born. Now notice something very important here about joy. And this is the part that I think if you get, you'll understand joy better and experience it more fully. And it's this. Joy is always because of something. That's why I said that word could be for or because. Joy is always because of something. Ralphie experienced joy, temporary joy, because he did get the Red Rider BB gun. His mom didn't want him to have it because he'd shoot his eye out. But his dad said, I had it when I was eight years old. And he got him a Red Rider BB gun. And because of that, he ran around shining until he shot the piece of metal and it hit and broke his glasses. And he thought, I shot my eye out. He ran around shining because he got the BB gun. But let's ask an honest question especially at Christmas time, when we hope maybe we'll be kind of like Ralphie or help our kids be like Ralphie by giving them the perfect present. We'll experience joy because of a great gift or enjoying being with family and friends. The question is this, how long will that joy last? How long would Ralphie go about shining because of his BB gun? I would contend not very long. Maybe days or weeks or months, because you know moms and dads what it's like. You buy that perfect gift for your child they have to have, and in two weeks, they want something else. Eventually, his BB gun would be replaced maybe with a real gun, or a guitar, or a bicycle, or a car. So his joy, going about shining, wouldn't last all that long because of the BB gun. You see, joy is always because of something. Friends, here's the key. Therefore, what joy is based on is very important. What your joy is based on is very important. You see, joy based on temporary stuff, on temporary experiences, is temporary. It's good. Never say it's bad. It's good. It's enjoyable. It makes life fun. It's fun to get the BB gun. It's fun that whatever somebody will get for Christmas that makes them happy. Makes it, 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 that makes life fun. That's good. But understand this. It's temporary. And here's what you need to see tonight. If your joy is based upon things that are temporary, things that change. If your joy is based on the stock market, on a sports team, Packer fans, if it's based on the Packers, your joy is probably not very stable this year. If it's based on relationships, even good relationships with family and friends, if it's based on those, if your joy, the heart of joy is based on any of those temporary things, transient things, then your joy will change with the things as they change. Stock market goes up, joy goes up, stock market goes down, joy goes down. That's the way it works. If you hook your joy to the wagon of something that's temporary. Your joy won't be stable and it won't be consistent. But God wants us to have a stable and a consistent joy. And think of it, wouldn't that be wonderful? 
If I was to say you could give all your money in the world for something, and I honestly said, with your money, you could purchase this incredible feeling of joy, this reality of joy, and it would be consistent in your life no matter what happened. I'd contend that we'd spend our money on that. And friends, I would say this. God wants us to have a stable and a consistent joy. And the way that that we can have that and the way that that works is, friends, we need to base our joy on a better because. We need to base our joy on a better because. Remember, joy is always because of something. So if our joy is because of or based upon something that is lasting and stable and eternal, then our joy will be lasting and stable. Well, the Christmas story shows us what to base our joy on. The angels had a message that said, joy for all people because of something. What was it because of? Because a Savior who is Christ the Lord has been born. Friends, Jesus is your better because. Say that with me. Jesus is your better because. Jesus, friends, is our better because. Friends, this is what the Apostle Paul was trying to explain when he listed the fruit of the Spirit. He gave this list called, he said, these are the things that would come out of your life. He called the fruit of your Spirit if you live with Jesus in a connected way. He says, and one of those things he put in that list, he said, that you will have joy in your life, that joy would grow it would result from living a connected life with Jesus that is full of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He says, if you live that connected life with Jesus, full of the presence of the Holy Spirit, one of the things that will grow in your life is that joy will grow. When we live in the fullness of the Spirit's presence through a relationship with Jesus, Paul says, joy results. Joy grows just like fruit in our lives. You plant an apple tree, apples grow. He says, if you live in a consistent life full of the Spirit, one of the things that will grow, it will be joy. Why? Because you're basing your life on Jesus, and Jesus is a better because. The Apostle Paul gives us some some more insights into this in a letter that he wrote to the Christians living in a town called Colossae. He tells them how to have Jesus as the focus of their lives, In other words, how they could live their lives with Jesus as their better because. And he says this in in Colossians chapter 3. He says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things that are above. He's saying, in other words, if you know Christ, you've been raised with Christ, you're living with Christ in such a way that you have experienced this life where he says this, baptism expresses it. When you're living for Christ and you turn away from your life, you turn to Jesus and you, you, in essence, die with Christ, it says, and you're raised up in water baptism. It says if you've been living with, if you've been raised with Christ, you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, then seek those things that are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of earth. Friends, this is how we make Jesus our better because. Instead of setting our minds and our hearts on things of this earth, we said temporary things like stuff and achievements and relationships or sports teams, things that can be undependable, fading, and temporary. Rather, we set our mind, our hearts on things above. And what is above that Jesus said here, Paul says here, what's above? He says it's above, seated at the right hand of the Father. He says what's above is Jesus. So we build our lives, we set our minds, we set our hearts on Jesus. 
and he becomes our better because. He becomes our because of everything. So as we're living our day-to-day lives, I love because Jesus loves me and loves others through me and joy results. He's the better because. So as I live in Christ, I choose to forgive because Jesus forgives me and others through me and joy results. In Christ, I overcome temptation and sin because Jesus empowers me to live a life beyond my own abilities and to overcome. And when I overcome, joy results. Jesus is our better because. So I think this Christmas Eve, what a wonderful thing for us to do would be this. If we'd ask ourselves a question, what am I basing my joy on this Christmas? What are you basing your hope for joy or your, your experience of joy? What are you basing your joy on this Christmas? Is it on Jesus who really is here for you and really will never fail you? Or are you basing your joy or your hope for joy on some temporary thing of the world, your version of the Red Rider BB gun? Christmas reminds us that God came to us so we can live our lives for him, with him, and because of him. He is our better because. Friends, this Christmas, experience the kind of joy that God makes available for his followers by by filling your heart, filling your life with Jesus rather than any of the fading things that the temporary world offers. They can give temporary joy but the kind of joy to go around shining good days, bad days, um, challenging days or wonderful days, that kind of stable joy comes as we set our minds on the things above. We live for Christ in Christ. And it says then joy will grow in our hearts like a fruit. That makes sense? The worship team would come this evening. I was thinking as we were as I was talking, as I was writing this today and just thinking about what I should, what have the Lord would have me talk about, of the reality that as we come together on Christmas and I'm talking about joy in Jesus, it's just possible that some of you here have never experienced that. You've never experienced joy in Jesus. You've got the joy of the, your version of Red Rider BB gun, but as soon as that got old, your joy dissipated. But I've been thinking, what if you were here today and and something inside of your heart says, I need that joy. I want that kind of joy. I want the joy that Scripture says can come through Christ. The reality is, I believe this, the only reason in your mind and your heart you would be saying, I want that is because God somehow stirring your heart. See, the scripture said no one could ever come to the to the to the Lord unless God draws them to himself. And I believe this when we're gathered in a place like this it's very possible that God is 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 drawing people by the presence of the Holy Spirit and saying, "You know what? There's something more to the life that you've been living than just the red rider BB gun, whatever that is." Inside just tell you this tonight. It's just an average everyday person who lives his life and then found out there's a better life in Christ and that I have joy in Christ like I never had before I knew Christ. That any person, any time 
can say yes to Jesus. Any person at any time that was walking with Jesus and then is kind of drifted away can come back to Jesus. And the reason I believe that God has created our culture in such a way that we stop everything and we celebrate Christmas, we put the name of Christ on everything, even if people who don't know them put Christ on everything. Because he's saying, you know what? I'm offering myself to you again, to the whole world. The angel said it was a message for all people. So if you're here tonight, you've never given your heart to Christ. You've never, you've never said, you know what? I'm, I, I'm not finding the joy that in my life. And matter of fact, there's anything but everything but joy in my life. But I need what God has for me tonight. I'd invite you just to do something with me tonight. Would you close your eyes? Just close your eyes for a minute. If you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor Mark, I don't have Christ in my life. But I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. Something in this place tonight has stirred my heart. and Something's telling me I want more and I want to say yes to Jesus. You could pray something just like this in the quietness of your heart right now. Jesus, I need you. I'm incomplete without you. And I want you in my life. Jesus, come into my life tonight and make me brand new. I understand you came into this world as a baby. You lived as a perfect man. You gave your life in my place on the cross. And now I come to you and I say, I need you in my life. Wipe away all the junk and make me brand new. Jesus, from this day forward, I want to live with you. Help me to do that. Fill me with your presence by your spirit so that I can live with you for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Friends, if you prayed a prayer like that, I'm going to ask you to do something on this Christmas Eve before your head hits the pillow tonight. I'm going to invite you to tell somebody that you know knows Jesus, that tonight you said yes to Jesus. And the reason I want you to do that is so that it becomes very real in your life and that person can walk alongside of you and help you to grow in your relationship with Christ. That would be the greatest Christmas gift you would ever receive. It would be the thing that have you go about shining.